I think I got your answer, Evo. You you had said Sweet 16, right? I'm leaning Sweet 16, but there's something about, you know, when you first hear the grills starting to fire up in the parking lot for Miller Park and you got like our listener Tommy busting out the Tullamore Dew. Oh, and those poor, and the, and all, and like the, the burgers, the sliders, and we're like slamming brewskis. We doing get there, the show we, yeah. We there. get there at like three thirty. We in get the there before anyone else even thinks about getting right. out of bed to get there. We're we're dry humping a space heater because it's so cold. A lot of great memories for opening day. A lot for you of and great I. memories, but man. I got a lot of even more better memories with Wisconsin basketball in the Sweet 16. I was looking up the Brewers opening day. Last year, they beat the Cardinals 5-4. to four. You were talking about Low Kane, right? Yeah. But game, then they, game winning catch. Then they went on a stretch where they, they lost. They lost four, one, two, three, four in a row dating back to 2015 where the Rockies beat them 10 to nothing. And then you got like, two wins under the belt back to 2013. Then they had another stretch of losing. The Brewers in opening day in the last 10 years, not a lot of wins. Not a lot of excitement, but yeah. Joe, they're supposed to be pretty good, right? Yeah. I'm just thinking back to the Badger basketball in Sweet 16. There's been a lot of excitement there. Well, yeah, and like you said, it the, the certain the, the, you know the 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 immediacy of it, and by that point, if you get to the Sweet 16, you're pretty good, and you're two games away from the Final Four. So I get that if Wisconsin's playing tonight, certainly the game tonight means way more to Wisconsin than the game today means to the Brewers. But I'm just talking about the whole event of would you rather have opening day or the Sweet 16 games today? I still think I would go uh, opening day. What say you, Nelson? I actually went with March Madness on this Whoa, one. Whoa, the baseball guy? Nelly boy. Explain. Just because, yeah, opening day is exciting. It's, your, you know, it's the first game of the season, obviously. You haven't had baseball in – months but March Madness is man it's it's win or go home you lose opening day the brew or Ebo just said it the Brewers besides last year lost four opening days in a row yep they still made it to the playoffs or were at least contenders two out of those four years they lost do you think opening day is going to be just as magical or even better this year I well, that's the thing. If I would we say, have one. Well, I was going to say, because it's going to be a cobbled together thing, right? It's going to be, you know, some teams because they're going to have to smash the season in. So opening day could be a double header or opening day could be in the middle of the week for some teams and the end of the week for other teams. I just think it's going to be such a convoluted season uh, because of how they're going to have to rearrange things. I just don't think – maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll be so excited to have sports back, and in this case baseball – it will be the greatest opening day. I don't know, Nelson. Don't you just get the feeling that when it starts, it's going to be this weird, contrived kind of – it won't feel like the same specialness that today well, would have felt like? I'm interested to see how they do it because I know the last few days they've actually put rough dates out when they want it to open back up. But are they going to open it back up and then pick it up from where they left off in spring training with right. two and a half weeks left? Right. Or are you going to pick it up – and the next week it's going to be opening day. So they said, we, I'm sorry. Ebo, we talked about that yesterday. Like Logan Morrison, first two weeks of spring training, looked like he was about to make the Brewers. He better be on the team. And he's a guy that, I mean, he's. He's like the best first baseman, ain't he? He's a veteran player that probably wasn't expected to make the team until he got hot. Is he just going to be left out in the dark? Like, who are these guys that are going to be making right? the team? So, I feel like they have to pick it up. So I was reading the story that both sides for baseball are hopeful for a June start. The best-case scenario for baseball season appears to be early June launch. The league and union are said to be hopeful that can happen. Whether or not that proves to be overly optimistic is to be determined. But uh, team executive says that they're lurking on a necessary four-week ramp-up period, so a second spring training in essence, so pitchers can stretch out their arms. So under early June scenario, that means camps could be resuming in early May. Yeah, and I think that I think I think Memorial Day, you know, and I know like the president came out and some like the NFL came out and said we're still, you know, thinking April. I think to me for baseball and for any sport whether it's the Bucks picking up the season, baseball starting the season, I would say if we have Memorial Day or sooner, I'll be happy at this point. Then I think you that would right? Yeah, Wouldn't that be yeah. a realistic? Yeah. Cuz we don't want to set yourself up for failure. Say if we can have it before Memorial Day, It'd be awesome. I would say to me that's the the realistic goal. So the next part about it, let's say let's say there is an opening day in early June. 
Now the players say that they are, I have the next part of the thing, the players are open to double headers. What if you get your opening day game and it's, it's a, a double, double header? header. That would just be weird. Would that be cool or that just be weird? So they say they've talked to numerous players who would be willing to play up to two doubleheaders a week as a way of fattening the schedule. That plus entertaining empty stadium games and running the regular season into October would permit the league at its fullest year. Yeah. Well, and and you know, you know why they want to play doubleheaders because they want to fatten their wallet. Like, not well, the exactly because, because yeah, they don't they're want talking to give about, up game checks. And they're talking about like service time solution and they say the best guess is for the owners believe there will be a season they can prorate service time to go with percentages. So if if they play a hundred games and play and a player gets called up from the minors and appears in seventy five games, he'll get seventy five percent service time, which would equal roughly a hundred and twenty two games in a full season. So that that all is weird to me with the, the pay, but opening day early June with a possibility of a double header. That well, good. Is it? And that's the thing is then is it even open? If you play two games, is it opening day? Like, like, yeah, last year that was awesome. The Brewers snapped their four year losing streak on opening day. They had a walk off. Locane makes the catch game ends. Would it feel as special as if 10 minutes later they said, okay, now it's time for game two. Well, so let's go. Then we got to figure out where we're picking the schedule up. So if we're going to play 162, if we'll say just for in theory, what if they have a double header? opening day well we got tickets to the second game yeah i got right. a brick of tickets for a, the second yeah game. we got a brick of tickets in our office so um uh, big bearded badass on twitch says how many double headers wouldn't that mean less rest for the starters yeah and he's oh just for opening day no i'm just i'm just saying the players right now are saying they're open to playing two double headers a, a week, week for the season for the season right and then he says, what does that do for the starters, the starting pitchers? Yeah, it's going to – I mean, the stats – I mean, So it, then go back to what they did with the rule change of you can you have to have three batters faced, right, with the rule change? Like they did like the anti-Brewer rules. Wouldn't they have to do away with those now and let more players – you know, because the, the expanded roster now is limited, yeah, right? It, these are all – Then mean, they got to throw those rules out and bring in – You let probably the, have to. And have the roster expand again. Right. And then starting pitchers, how do you – well, yeah, it's there's so no crazy. way there's no way you can play double headers into September and reduce the roster down to 25 like they were going to. Then I if mean, they do, you start... have to keep expanded rosters because there's no way you you'll, you'll burn up arms. I mean, exactly. there'll be nobody left by the time you get to the playoffs. And then if you start in in June, could you imagine? And if they let's say the double header thing is like a a pipe dream, could you imagine watching playoff baseball while you're sitting down on the table for Thanksgiving? Yeah, the bird? it's just I mean. You're watching, you know, by week nine of the Packers or when Wisconsin's playing for Paul Bunyan's axe, do I really even want to consider thinking about watching the Brewers playing the Cubs? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm watching the Packers and Lions I'm on Thanksgiving need more TVs in my house. Yeah. The one thing I will say, though, I mean, if you do start in June, at least we won't see the uh, Brewers bullpen being gassed by July. <laughs> or, or, or I was going to say, or we won't have that uh, crappy June. Does, don't they always take a dump every June? They have like a, an incredible May every year, and then we say, then they have the easy schedule in June, and then they crap the bed in June, and then they come back at the All Star break, and they have to pull a rabbit out of their hat, and they do every year. Big Big Beard Abada says baseball, NCAA football, NFL, and hockey all in one day. Sign me up. <laughs> We'd certainly get uh, spoiled with sports if that were the case. Uh, all right, 608 321 1670. What say you? Uh, baseball and basketball fans. How about movie fans? We unveil the brackets for the Nellies coming up next. Opening day versus the Sweet 16. Both of those would have been going on today. Pick one. If you could have only had one back today, which one? Would you have uh, have picked? We'll uh, we'll get back to that, and also with it being opening day, or if it would have been opening day, uh, could the Brewers once baseball starts? Can the Brewers uh, make some history uh, this year? They have never made the playoffs three years in a row. Uh, last year was the second time in franchise history that they made it back to back years eighty one, eighty two, and then the last two years they've never done an Evo three in a row. Could this be the year? I sure hope so, dude. All right, we will. Uh, we'll talk <laughs> about that coming up. Uh, Nelson, are you a lot paying of history attention? being made this year? No. Are you awake? I'm awake. All right, pay attention because the 
That's right. It is the revealing of the brackets for the Nellies. If you listen to this show with any regularity, you know that Nelson doesn't watch a ton of movies. So we started compiling a list uh, yesterday on the show. And we whittled it down to the top 32. We have four regions, eight brackets per region to crown the Nelly and the ultimate movie that Nelly said he's going to watch. And who knows, Evil, maybe by the time we crown a winner, COVID-19 will be a thing of the past. We could have a big movie viewing party for Nelson's big Yeah, win. and we don't have to stay six feet apart. We can go cozy up right next to him. Right. You'd, you'd like that, wouldn't you know? Maybe we'd want to stay in a couple more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. You guys ready? Yeah. The first bracket, the dark side region. The number one seed, as you would expect, Empire Strikes Back. Oof. They will be taking on a very diverse matchup here. Contrasting styles, to be sure. They go against the eight seed, Team America World Police. What a movie. Yep. Oh, man, I got... Oh, that's so tough. Empire Strikes Back takes on Team America in an opening round matchup. How about this 4-5 matchup? Just great comedy, you guys. All-time comedy versus all-time comedy. The four seed, Back to the Future, Ooh. taking on the five seed, Groundhog Day. Wow. That's the five seed? Yeah. So you have a four seed, uh, Back to the Future, five seed, Groundhog Day. And the top four there, Empire Strikes Back versus Team America and Back to the Future versus Groundhog Day. Now the bottom half of this bracket in the dark side region. We're voting on all these today, right? No, we're not doing any today. We're just revealing the brackets today. All right, good. I started typing that out. The two seed. I mean, it's got to be a two seed. It's got two in the name. Terminator 2, T2, the two seed. Why is that a two seed? I mean, T2, two two seed? They go against uh, the seven seed Boondock Saints. Oh! So Terminator 2, the two seed, Boondock Saints, the seven seed. And then a good old-fashioned Americana history at the movie theater 3-6 matchup. The three seed Citizen Kane taking on the six seed, The Great Escape. So... There you go. Empire Strikes Back, Team America, Back to the Future, Groundhog Day, Citizen Kane, Great Escape, Boondock Saints, and T2. What do you think of the dark side region? That's pretty lit, dude. There are some tough matchups. The 4-5. Right? Groundhog Day, Back to the Future. Man, oh man. Empire Strikes Back going against... See, okay. Empire Strikes Back is going to win the matchup against Team America World Police. Two starkly different movies. But Team America World Police is one of the greatest comedies ever. It's marionette puppets. <laughs> yes, it is. Hey, Gary. Now get on your knees, knees Gary. Gary. <laughs> ah, Durka Durka. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, let's go to the McLean region. The McLean region. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. Well, you got it. The number one seed, Die Hard. Die Hard, the number one seed in a good old-fashioned testosterone-filled round one matchup. Die Hard goes up against the eight seed, Con Air. Wow. There's a lot of testosterone on that matchup. Was that Cameron Poe? Kevin Costner He's just and trying Con to Air? get his ride home. Wow. Die Hard versus Con Air, the 1-8. Speaking of Con, how about the fourth seed, the Wrath of Con? Taking on the fifth seed, Jaws. Man. A mega showdown in round one. Wrath of Khan versus Jaws. Judas. And then the bottom half of the bracket, the two seed, Jurassic Park. Goes up against the seven seed, the Road Warrior. Uh, Mad Max Road Warriors is seven seed? Wow. Nelly, Nelly voted, or voted, quoted Jurassic Park the other day. Didn't even realize it. Dr. Malcolm's Chaos Theory. And who doesn't love sci-fi and gadgetry and, and, and fun weaponry? How about this matchup? The three-seed Blade Runner Ooh. taking on the six-seed Mission Impossible. Wow. Wow. So, again, the McLean bracket. Die Hard takes on Con Air. Wrath of Khan versus Jaws. Blade Runner, Mission Impossible, and the Road Warrior versus Jurassic Park. What, do you, Ebo, your takeaway on the McLean bracket? Who's Wrath of Khan going against again? Uh, Jaws. 
I'm thinking Die Hard's gonna win. Jaws will win. I'm really, I love Mad Max. Like the Mad Max series is one of my favorites. There's gotta be some upsets along the way. There's gotta be some upsets. This is gonna be wild, dude. Oh, that's the McLean region, right? That's the McLean region. All right, let's move over to the Johnny Ringo region. Hey, Johnny Ringo. The Johnny Ringo region. The top seed, Tombstone. <laughs> what a movie. Tombstone, to a very, again, contrast in styles here. This is like, you know, Dick Bennett's Wisconsin team playing UNLV's running Rebels. Because <laughs> yep. you got Tombstone taking on Airplane, the eight seed. Airplane's an eight seed? Wow, this is a tough bracket, man. That's tough. So Tombstone and Airplane. How about hey, this? Hey, Nelly, you ever seen a grown man naked? I've been asked that too many times Nelson, in the do last you like, days. Hey, Nelson, do you like movies about gladiators? <laughs> no? Hey, have you ever been in a Turkish prison? <laughs> All right, how about this just gritty? You're not going to feel good at the end of this 4-5 matchup. You're going to go home and probably kick the dog or want to have a glass of whiskey before you go to bed. American History X, the oh, four seed, oof. taking on Heat. The five seed. Gritty crime dramas there. American History X and Heat. Does Heat have like a jarring matchup. scene like American History X does? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. It's got several. Yeah. It's, like I said, Heat's a tough movie. It's a great movie. American History X. I mean, doesn't end very happy. Same as American History X. No. Not happy ending. Spoil alert. All right, let's move to the bottom half of the bracket. The three seed, Avatar. Takes on the sixth seed, the double douche, and Roadhouse. Roadhouse. What now, a, again, a very interesting matchup. When you there. say Avatar, Avatar, Roadhouse, it's not Avatar: The Last Airbender. It's Avatar: James Cameron's Avatar. James correct? Cameron's Avatar. Not That's M Night correct. Shyamalan's Avatar: The Last Airbender. That's correct. Okay, good. And finally, rounding out the Johnny Ringo region. Johnny Ringo. The two seed Ghostbusters Ooh. taking on the seven seed A Clockwork Orange. Again, very interesting Kubrick. style matchup there. Stanley Kubrick, one of his finest right there. It's an all-timer. But, I mean, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. I saw Ghostbusters. Nelson, funny story. I saw Ghostbusters nine times in the theater at the Westtown Mall when I was a kid. Sounds like you wasted your parents' money eight times. No, 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 oh. no, no. Amazing. I mean, you, didn't even, you only had four channels back then. That's why it was a two-seed. And finally, you guys, the final region... The Ark of the Covenant region, the one seed, of course, Raiders of the Lost Ark. What a flick. And we call this the Harrison Ford Showdown because Raiders of the Lost Ark taking on the eight seed. You got it. The Fugitive. It's an all Harrison Ford battle, one verse eight. And as Tommy Lee Jones says about the matchups, I don't care. <laughs> you know, the committee loves its little clever matchups. They yep. go Harrison Ford v. Harrison Ford. It wasn't me. It was the one-armed man. And how about this? Just This is just taking me back to my childhood. How about this 4-5 matchup? Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope Oof. taking on the five-seed Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> Two iconic theme songs. Oh, my goodness. Do, 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 do. That's the all-theme song yep. game right there. Committee loves their cute matchups. And then the bottom half of the bracket, the three-seed Lethal Weapon taking on the six-seed National Lampoon's Vacation. Man! A lot little of, bit of, little wow. bit of comedy There's comedy. There, a little bit of action. There's comedy. Damn, dude. That's a good one That's right there. That's a really good one. And then rounding it out, finally, in the Ark of the Covenant region, the two-seed Predator taking on the seven-seed Interstellar. What? Both space? I mean, Predator yeah. comes from space. It's, it's the space theme matchup. Dude, but so much body mass in Predator. So again, the Ark of the Covenant bracket, Raiders of Lost Ark taking on the Fugitive, Star Wars and Beverly Hills Cop, Lethal Weapon against Vacation, and Predator v. Interstellar. Dude. There it is. The 2020 Nellies. That's a tough bracket, man. That's tough. There's going to be a... I think there's going to be a lot of upsets. Evo, can you make the way the too seeds? early? The one seeds, again, if you missed it, Empire Strikes Back, Die Hard, Tombstone, and Raiders of the Lost Ark. I said, God damn. Two seeds, Terminator 2, Jurassic Park, Ghostbusters, and The Predator. Wow. I love this music. Any early pick, Evo? Can you give me a, do you want to study the bracket before you I'd give like your to, final Yeah, I need pick? to study it a little bit. All right. Nelson, anything you're rooting for or against? 
Do you think uh, the committee got it fair with the movies that got in? I mean, a lot of great movies didn't even make the field. I mean, I can't say I really have too much of an opinion since I've never watched <laughs> all these movies. For but I'm sure you've heard of all or most of these now, movies. No, we do have a question on Twitch here. The King says, yeah. there's two Star Wars movies involved. That's not fair. I mean, it's it's Star Wars. It's you know, King, it's like the greatest saga of all time. Right. I mean, King, it's two one and done. Star uh, Wars stinks. Return of the Jedi doesn't even make the field. Yep. So, I mean... <laughs> I mean, but, but, A New Hope started the craze, right. but Empire Strikes Back is the best one. Yeah. But uh, if you don't have Empire Strikes Back without A New Hope. Right. And, and we, the committee, val- I mean, Empire Strikes Back uh, is often thought of as the best Star Wars movie. Uh, so the committee did think about having a second movie in, uh, but you, I, we just didn't see a, a possibility of leaving Star Wars A New Hope out of the field. Yeah, it's, it's, you have to have both of those in there. And they're on opposite sides of the bracket as well, so... Uh, and, you know, Star Wars got a four seed, Empire Strikes Back getting a one seed. Yeah, so obviously, I mean, A New Hope, you don't have these other ones without A New Hope, but A New Hope right. is not, A New Hope's top five, but it's not the best Star Wars movie. And I'm not, for me personally, I, Jedi is very close with Empire's my favorite. Return of the Jedi doesn't even make it that, into the field. That's tough. So, there you go. We'll uh, we'll take a snapshot of that. We'll put it up on our uh, social medias. We'll put it up on the website as well. The 2020 Nellies, the... 32 greatest movies that Nelson hasn't seen. All right, so I'll start with you then, uh, Nelson, since you've kind of had the the big day here with the reveal of the Nellies. Uh, I wondered, uh, once baseball starts, do you think the Brewers have a legitimate shot to be one of the two wild cards? The three wild cards doesn't start until next year, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So it's still two wild cards. Do you think the Brewers are good enough to be the NL Central champ or one of the two wild cards. I think with right this now, roster as it sits. Yeah, looking at the roster as it sits right now, I think a a good season from the Brewers is probably a wild card. I, I can't see them winning the division with this team. And then, oh, I mean, does it? I guess we don't know what the season's going to be like. Are we are we going under the guise it's going to be 162 games? No, I'm going to say 140 ish. Do you think that benefits the Brewers? It's less. That of was season? a great follow up. That was what I was going to ask him next. Well done, Evo. Thank you. Man, that's that's a good question. I'd, I'd actually have to really think about that. Just because well, there's so go many. Back. Yeah, if they don't, t- what we said earlier, Nelson, if they don't change back the rules, because I don't think they can. You can't have limit. They're going to have to keep bigger rosters. Does inflated rules help or hinder the Brewers? I would say help, right? Because that's how Craig Council likes to manage. Man, I would have to. And I feel like you're going to need all the arms like, you can get. Yeah, for this game. I feel like this thing is going to, as crappy as this is, once baseball starts, I feel like the Brewers are going to be one of the teams that benefits from the rule because they're going to have to have bigger rosters. They're going to play less games. The Brewers always have these weird kind of streaks they go on. I don't know. I feel like this is going to help the Brewers if they play less than one sixty-two. The rule they they uh, you could only have thirteen pitchers on a roster, so you couldn't go fourteen. I know, but don't you think with all this, if they're really going to smash in two, three doubleheaders a week, baseball's going to have to change the rules. They're going to have to give each team a couple more roster spots than they wanted to. I mean, maybe. You'll, you'll burn like, out if you're arms doing, if by you're, if, July. If you're doing two doubleheaders a week to play catch-up with the shortened you know, time frame, how are you going to – that affects starters and pitchers so much. How do you how do you even go with the rules they put in well, place that, now? Well, that that might be where David Stern starts uh, shuffling those relief pitchers between Triple A and uh, Major Leagues quite often. You know how like some of those guys would be up for like two three weeks, mm-hmm. then they get shuffled back down and you have a new like crop of guys in the bullpen. He's done that pretty regularly with I don't know what two three relievers the last three seasons. You probably just see more of that. Which would also mean guys that would be able to make this roster, the guys that uh, maybe were on the edge that would make it, are guys that have options left that can go between AAA and the big leagues and not potentially be lost due to waivers. And then look at the season coming up. Do you think guys like um, was it Noah? Did Noah Syndergaard now? Is he getting Tommy John surgery? Yeah, he, he's got a tear. And uh, Chris Sale. Did Chris he, Sale's done Sale's for the done year. Too. You think more guys are going to be like, well, it's going to be a weird season anyways. Yes. Like, I'm just going to go under the knife and get whatever well, needs to be done. Definitely the year to get hurt. Yeah, or to fix whatever's ailing. Okay, there. but then go the other way. How much does this benefit, say, a Corey Knable? You got to think he's going to be whenever opening day is. Yeah, Bruce, he'll be ready he'll day be one. Ready. He'll or be at ready. He'll be ready day one. Theoretically, you think he'd be ready day one, right? 
I mean, that helps the Brewers' bullpen because Knable's a huge part of it. Knable is an all-star closer yeah. when he's healthy. Josh Hader is not a closer. Josh Hader is the one of the best, if not the best, setup guys in baseball. And maybe this he struggled will give... last year as a closer. Now that if we can start whenever the season starts with Hader as the setup guy, Knable as a closer, I don't know. That's got to be worth five or six wins, doesn't and it? Hader now gets more time to find the strike zone again. If you remember what happened in that Nationals game. No, did you guys see Dude that wild throw, card game? Dude couldn't throw a strike to save his life. You saw the wild card game, right, Nelson? You know and that, I've heard about it. I've been guys, reminded of it by you. Did you see how it times. ended, Evo? Yeah, Hayden couldn't find Hader's, the friggin' strike well, zone. And then Lewis and Clark, or Trent Clark, friggin' couldn't feel the ball. It's Grisham. Sorry, Trent Grisham couldn't feel the ball. <laughs> That's all true. But did you see that that hit, they called a hit batsman? It hit the handle of the bat. I saw it. I mean, tell me if you've been hit with a baseball, do you don't you wince? Yeah, you'd like shake your hand it's and be like, "Oh, that hurt." Like literally when they're throwing 50 miles an hour. What do you think Josh Hader taps out at? Well, I think we've seen it. Like upper 90s. Yeah, 90. Don't you seven, think if you got eight? hit in the hand with a 90 mile an hour baseball, you'd be like, going, "Ow, ah! ooh, ow, ooh." He didn't even ah. He didn't even ooh. flinch, Nelson. Yeah. That ball hit the bat. The Brewers should be World Series champions. I mean, I have Bull heard crap. some quotes from uh, older guys. You know, they remember when men were men, Joe. Yeah, you just rub a little dirt on it. <laughs> Bro, I saw. we all saw the ball hit the handle of the bat. What were the umpires looking mm. at? You can put a freaking... We can find... We can find water on Mars. We can have pictures of rocks come back from Mars, but these Jablonskis can't see a ball hit the bat when we can all see it at home. Unbelievable. Uh, 608-321-167. I will say, though, in all seriousness, back to this question, can the Brewers make the playoffs? Can they set history this year and make the playoffs for the third, third straight year? I am going back to because I don't think it's – well, let me ask both you guys. You ask me, do you guys think it'll be less than 162 games? Do you I think, think they'll find a way? It has to be. I was and like, what are they going to do? Double headers? Two double headers a week till, I mean, how are they going to do this? Then they're talking about having November be the, the playoffs. I, I can't mean, imagine. you relevant once football starts already in September and October. Do you think anybody is going to watch the World Series There's not going to be 162 in November? Games. What are you There's say no now? way. Well, right around, I think it was the Thursday after they started canceling those uh, conference basketball games. I was watching MLB Network. They were talking about how they thought the season, to be able to keep 162 games in the year, the latest the MLB season could start would be roughly three weeks after the normal start date. So, that, ain't, that ain't happening. So basically three weeks from this weekend. That ain't happening. I, I can't see that happening. I don't. And you need two weeks for them to, lose, to stretch their arms out, right? I just, I just can't That's see not them happening. playing 162. And I agree with both of you. So then the question is, if they play, I would guess 140 is going to be what they target. Playing 20 less, a month's less worth of games, does that help or hinder the Brewers' odds to compete with the Cardinals, the Cubs, if a lot of people think the Reds got better, to compete with the teams in the division? If you're playing two doubleheaders a week... That's going to throw off the, the the Brewers pitching staff already is in question, right? Isn't that like the biggest question mark for the Brewers? Well, definitely their starters. Starting starters. Pitcher, yeah, starting pitchers. What are you going to do if you do two doubleheaders a week? How's like? What are you going to do for starting pitchers? It's, I mean, these are all great. These are the questions. See, there's the a lot of things that need to be ironed out that no one has any answers to. The Brewers' biggest question mark is starting pitching. If you're doing two doubleheaders a week, how are you going to have your biggest question mark? It's going to be even like exaggerate. Like I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. Josh Lindblom in the spring training, Korean that, MVP baby in the in the season, the spring training season that was, he was getting shelled. Yeah, he was their worst pitcher by far that was trying to make the team. And he's yet supposed he, to be what they're. Yet, if you listen to David Stearns prior to uh, the MLB spring training being closed. Sounded like Josh Lindblom was guaranteed a spot on there, and it came down to uh, Eric Lauer and Freddie Peralta and Corbin Burns for that last spot. Yet your guy that's supposed to be your number three was getting rocked. <laughs> I don't get. I don't know how they're gonna do it. And I would, here's what I don't know: how they're gonna do the regular season? How in the hell are they gonna do NBA? Uh, dude, I can't. Well, even that tell. season doesn't even start for another month, are, anyways. I can't even deal cross that bridge right now. I'm, I'm just struggling. Joe, this, with this could day. be really good for your boy. This Art. will look phenomenal if Braun can play 100 games this year. 
I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Like Ryan Braun gets in 100 games, and it's like he's there all year. Oh, Oh, dude. So we have Raphael, our our gambling insider. Do you want me or maybe I should save this for after Robbie. He's got odds for the first official NFL game played, the first NBA game played, the first NHL game played, and the first MLB game played. Yeah, save that. I can't deal with that. I can't deal with that right now. Um, but okay. well, I'll, I'll just give you the NF, or the MLB one because we're no, talking let's talk about to it. MLB. So Raphael, our guy, uh, my bookie, Vegas Insider, first official MLB game played before July third, twenty twenty, is minus one ten. After July third is minus one thirty. So it's he's giving them a little tiny bit better odds that it'll be after. <laughs> I mean, it's about even, but yeah. it's just, slightly. So it's basically it's a fli- it's a coin flip. So they're slightly talking, better odds to wait a little bit. Longer. So right now, the players in the uh, league, the union in the league, are talking about late May for a couple weeks of spring training, and then the start of June to be the baseball season getting underway. Vegas is saying July third. Is that what I gather? Yeah, so that means June 3rd is when they're, you know, if they're saying a month, so you're saying, that's what I always said. I said, to me, this ending, the Memorial Day should be the goal for everybody, whether it's getting back to work or school or normal routine or everything opens back up. I mean, I I say Memorial Day, and then if it hits sooner than that, we're all going to be like, that's awesome. (laughs) If it goes later than that, then we're going to get pissed. I'd have to guess that NHL's got to have the best odds. They don't care. Yeah. I mean, I've seen dudes in NHL. They've died on the ice. They've brought them back to life on the side. On the <laughs> they probably went the in the next period. And then they're like, "Dude, put me back in. I'm good to go." We were just clinically dead for a couple of minutes. <laughs> you sure you want to go back in? Yep. All right. Come on. All right. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Do you think this season, whatever it looks like, will help or hurt uh, the Brewers' chances when we start planning? And I say help. Uh, but we'll talk more about that. <laughs> All right, Yeehaw. Rob, play, play a little word associated with us. We did this as a as a question uh, early, earlier in the week on the show after the Devin Funches signing. The first reaction you heard was what? Because mine was, I thought this guy was 30 years old. I couldn't believe he was only 25. He feels like he's been around forever. And then my second one was, I didn't even think he was, like, I thought NFL.com had it wrong when they showed him on a Colts jersey. I'm like, dude, look at these idiots. They got the wrong graphic up. This guy was on the Panthers last year. Like, what was your first reaction when you heard, Devin Funches to the Packers. Yawn a little bit was maybe the, the word going. Um, you know, they, they, they've got, and, and I just threw this up this morning at Forbes, got, uh, Forbes.com, guys. They, they, they've got guys like Funches. They, they've got these big, towering receivers that don't run particularly well. And, and really, guys, if, if you go back and you look at Funches at the 2015 Combine, he was a 4-7 guy. Now he brought that down to four or five at his pro day at Michigan, but everything can be adjusted on your pro days, guys. Everything is is kind of the same for all all the receivers across the board and and all the players across the board when you're in the same location in, in Indianapolis, and that's why the scouts and the GM put far more stock and credit into those times and and those lifts and and those cone drills and things like that. So you know. Slower than these other guys that they already have. Um, it, it, you're talking four, five, five, four, six range for most of these receivers, guys that they already had. Now, now you're gonna. I'm, I'm gonna give Funches the four, seven time that he had back at the combine. Um, now, his, now his size, his um, his wingspan, his catch radius are all pretty good, Joe. But um, you know, he, he, he's still a guy that just won't – he doesn't run particularly well. At best, he's a three. He might be a four. He might not make the roster, guys. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I, think, it, I think he's going to be on the roster. They're going to give him the one-year prove it deal. We'll probably find some terms on the deal out later today, and, and maybe that final spot on the roster for, for a wide receiver comes down to, to an MVS versus a Kumro versus a St. Brown or something like that, guys. We'll, we'll see how this all plays out after the draft but but at the end of the day Funches is probably a, a 30 to 40 catch guy a three four touchdowns along the way and he, he's certainly not going to tilt the field one way or the other uh busy with our Packer insider Rob Reichel Forbes.com so then give me Rob from the you know the the Ricky Wagner to uh the Kingsley uh or Kirksey to this signing what what change do you think has been made or what do you lean towards now with the 30th pick 
Oh, that's a great question, Joe. You know, they, they could go in so many different directions because, they're, they're, let, let's be honest, there's going to be an offensive tackle sitting there that, that's going to be a pretty good deal at 30. And they've got to look at this in a couple of ways. Um, is, is Ricky Wagner a guy that you feel confident enough to get 16 games out of at a, at a high level um, where you don't have a dramatic drop from Brian Bulaga here in 2020? And then looking ahead to 2021 when David Bagiari in March of 2021, Bagiari will be an unrestricted free agent, guys. And at 28 years old, he's still going to demand an, an incredibly large amount of money. He, he might become the highest paid offensive tackle uh, in football, guys. So now the Packers have to say to themselves, do we want to do we want to uh, dole out that kind of money or do we draft a, a tackle right now at 30 and then maybe another one in 2021? And those are our bookends moving forward long term because we're not going to pay $17 million a year for a David Bakhtiari of the world. So I think offensive tackle guys uh, rank near the top of the list. They clearly need two receivers in this draft. Um, and I would say in the first three or four rounds, they've got to get a couple of those. Um, there's probably going to be an inside linebacker guy sitting there at 30, whether it's Murray, for example, out of, out of Oklahoma, the, the LSU kid. There's going to be there's going to be some linebackers there that the, uh, Zach Bond could, could fall there. Now, they don't need an outside guy, but Zach Bond could be sitting there at 32, which everyone in Madison knows that this is a, a, a fast-rising T.J. Watt kind of a football player who, who could be one of these guys that tilts the field down the road. Um, it, it is dramatically better than what they took last year in Gary. So there's going to be a linebacker, I think, guys, that that'll be worth taking. They, they might be able to – they'll probably be able to wait, guys, until round two or three on tight end, and, and they might bypass it all together. Um, but, but, Joe, I guess shorter answer to, to your question would be, in, I would say in this order, wide out one, offensive tackle two, inside linebacker three. I love it, Rob. Now, speaking of the draft, I saw the NFL, the Shield, the league has come out to say that they have plans of doing it April 23rd to the 25th, and they're going to get it done. Well, last time I checked, it's kind of hard to get a doctor, kind of hard to get a psychologist, and everyone to like evaluate their picks. What do you think is going to happen with the draft? Is it going to be postponed? Like I, Apparently, the GMs all want it to be. Evil, I, I, I think the draft's going to be the draft. I, I think this is what it's going to be. I, I saw the idea floated around yesterday. I think it came from an ESPN guy of having a seven-day draft, even a, a, a day around a day, around a night, and it would obviously get ridiculously good ratings um, on on these various networks that cover the draft now. But I, I don't, I don't think it's going anywhere, Evil. I I think the NFL has kind of shown you here through its free agency period. Uh, that they're not budging on some of this stuff. Um, even with some of this free agency stuff, people, uh, and you're seeing it now with guys like Cam Newton and Jameis Winston, um, but you certainly saw it with, with previous players, too. You're not going to get a doctor, uh, maybe in a medical, uh, various medical opinions on some of these guys. You're not going to be able to poke and prod at them like a lot of these teams love to do, leading into signings and draft picks. And, and you're just going to have to roll the dice. It, it's going to go down as one of those, unique aberration kind of drafts, obviously, guys. I think general managers down the road are going to have a little bit um, of an out and, and have some built-in excuses. If they miss on some guys, they're going to say, we didn't see this medical. But, but guys, they're all just going to have to rely on the medical they got uh, last month in Indianapolis at the scouting combine. Um, everyone's going to be working off really the, the same information that they left Indianapolis with. And, and guys, they got time down there. It isn't, it isn't like they weren't able – uh, to get physicals and, and to get a good look at, at the medical on, on these guys, um, the 300-plus prospects that were down in Indianapolis, and, and, and more to point, uh, the, the 40, 50, 60 guys that they had, that they all had terrific interest in. So, so it's not like the medical doesn't exist, guys. It, it's out there. They're just not going to get the, the, the same in-depth look that they may get uh, on, on, on all these other given years. But, but guys, I, I've said this for – for a, uh, for a long stretch and a long amount of time. I mean, the the amount the amount that goes into this draft is 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 overkill by the time we get to April. Anyhow, um, by now these scouts have watched and these, and these GMs have watched so much tape, and they've poked and prodded at the guys they like and the guys that they love. And and I think they have plenty of information able to go ahead and do, to do their jobs properly. They're going to obviously argue otherwise because they're going to take away that that one element of this, but. 
but to your question, Evo, I, I don't think the draft is moving, and uh, I think the NFL says, "Hey, everybody else is on lockdown, and and this is our t- this is our time, really." And it's always the NFL's time, but even even more exacerbated right now, this is our time to steal the headlines twenty four seven. Uh, Robbie, the other uh, rumor uh, regarding the Packers and free agency or what's left of it is the backup quarterback, Jameis Winston. You know, those rumors keep persisting. Um, you know, the musical chairs stopped. He was left without a chair. There are no more starting jobs. Now the question is, you know, guys like Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, they're going to have to do it as a backup. And then the thought is, do you go somewhere and just sit and be a backup and learn? Or do you go and try and compete and be a starter with a lesser starting quarterback. Do you see any scenario where a guy like Winston would come here and, and sit behind Aaron Rodgers for a year or two and try and rehabilitate his career? I, I'd be really surprised on a couple of levels. First, Joe, I, I haven't ruled out the concept that these guys don't have a chance to start. Um, you know, I, I, to Evo's question earlier, once doctors can get a look at these guys, don't be shocked if one of these guys ends up with the Chargers or or in New England, even with, with Bill Belichick. I mean, why, why is Drew Locke, um, you know, a, a lock starter in, in Denver right now? Um, I mean, why why is Gardner Minshew the, the, the lock starter in Jacksonville? Because he has a mustache. I, 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 yeah, right. I mean, I, I think there's a chance that these guys wind up starting somewhere still in, in 2020, and they're going to hold on hope as long as possible on that. Joe, and, and then second, Green Bay just isn't going to have the cap room to even give them Let's say a one-year, six, seven, eight million dollar kind of deal, which which you're probably gonna have to pay to get a guy like that to come to town. I I think Green Bay, after we see these bunch of numbers come in, guys, is, the Packers will probably be 12, 13 under the cap. They still have to do all their all their own draft picks, and I mean they're they're up against a pretty tight window. If I had a little bit of money to still play with, and I'm the Packers, Joe, there's there's some guys floating around out there that you can get on a on a one-year veterans minimum deal that that might be able to come in and and help you a little bit more. There's a couple linebackers in Baltimore, a couple defensive linemen out of Denver. I wrote about that the other day at Forbes, um, if anybody wants to check that out. But there are guys that they, the Packers could probably get more bang for the buck out of than, than sitting behind Rodgers. I, I think what Green Bay does, Joe, and I don't think it'll be round one by any means, um, but I but I think Gutekunst takes a, a, another quarterback this, in this year's draft, but probably on – let, let's assume day two guys is, is goes off as uh, as it usually does, which is rounds two and three, and then day three is round four to seven. Probably in that third, fourth round range, I would think Gutekun takes the guy uh, to try to start grooming. Probably won't be the heir apparent and unless he finds a miracle Russell Wilson kind of a pick late in round three or something like that. We know those usually don't happen. But um, I, I think it's better bet uh, to, to find the next backup, Joe, is, is to go the draft route right now and and uh, and then have that guy compete with Boyle and, and probably replace Boyle a year down the road. Hey, final thought, Rob, before you let you go, busy with our Packer Insider, back to free agency and the fact that they didn't go get a guy at this position like a lot of people thought they were going to. Uh, does does this mean that Jay Sternberger is now going to be the, the, the guy? You know, they, they didn't replace really Jimmy Graham. They bring back Mercedes Lewis, but he's just really a glorified blocker. Is is Jay Sternberger now the week one starter at tight end for the Packers? Well, we'll see what happens in the draft. I mean, there, there's really nothing left, Joe, on the free agent market. And, and, and I don't know if you guys and I, you guys and myself have talked about this, but we should spend 10 seconds just, just almost chuckling and laughing at what the Bears did. Rob, 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 I have a question for you real quick. Just to interrupt you. And Joe thought of it too. And I don't know if your sources can confirm this or not. Many say the COVID-19 strain mutated and transformed. And it's now what, Joe? The Yeah, Ryan Pace tested positive, Robbie, for something called the dumbass virus. Is that it, it's, your a, it's a mutated strain of COVID-19. Yeah, he's probably got three years of, of tests that have gone in that direction, right? Dating back to the Mitch Trubisky pick. Yeah, the I dumb, mean, what, the what's, what's worse, giving up a draft pick for Nick Foles or the money to Jimmy Graham? Oh, Jimmy Graham by a mile. I mean, Foles has won a Super Bowl. I mean, Foles, Foles could probably, you know, take that offense from 29th to, I don't know, 18th or something like that, Joe. And, and as good as that defense is, that might be enough to help them win 10 games. I mean, Jimmy... Jimmy Graham, I'm I'm not sure he could, you know, go play right now at, at Madison East High School without tripping and, and falling down on, on the field every time he makes a catch. You, you guys have watched it the last the last couple of seasons. It's, I try to forget. 
that was such a remarkable fall from grace. And um, but but back to Sternberger guys, they, I, I'm sure they were impressed the final month in terms of what they saw for him. And you know, and then, and then you saw he had three catches in the postseason. He had the touchdown um, in the 49er game. So I, I I think there's some upside. But but the bottom line is they they just don't know enough. And, and it wouldn't shock me, guys, if, if they still went tight end, let's say, in round two or three or something like that. We, we've talked about this on the show before, guys. For a 13-3 for a and three football team that went to the NFC Championship game, this this organization has a remarkable amount of needs, and we've gone through a bunch of them, and, and I left out tight end, but they, they could use another tight end. There, there's no question about it. That the problem is for Green Bay, guys, at this point in time, there's, there's, they're not going to get one in free agency that that's really going to come in and help all, all of those guys are gone right now and um you know Tyler Eifert for example the old Bengal was a guy I thought maybe you could get on a one-year three four million dollar deal um and, and he, he just left the market a couple of days ago and so I, I think guys I think you're right Joe I think they roll the dice and and see what they have there in Sternberger and Tanya and Stamps probably go up a little bit and Mercedes Lewis does what he's done the last couple of years which is which is largely blocked, um, and, and maybe they take another one somewhere in the draft, guys. But but yeah, Jody, to your question, Sternberger's probably the guy, and he would absolutely have to fall on his face, I think, to, to be worse than what they've had at that position the last two years, Joey. Well, Robbie, I'll leave you with this. I know you had a, a mea culpa on uh, Twitter a few weeks ago with Greg Gard. Uh, this will be a very cathartic act for you today. Go to Zone yep. Madison on Twitter and vote for Wisconsin. We are into the round of 16 in our mythical March Madness bracket. The Badgers are taking on Kansas right now for a spot in the Elite Eight. So you can totally, Rob, exercise the demons and vote for Wisconsin. Have a clear conscience. Real easy, Rob. Yeah, I'll do it as soon as I hang up. And, and, and that's a mismatch. I mean, come on. You think Kansas has somebody who's guard powder? Good luck with that. Kansas is going to get <laughs> destroyed. Hey, Rob, <laughs> if you have any downtime, watch The Tiger King on Netflix and thank me later, okay? All right, I will do that. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, buddy. You guys stay safe. We'll talk to you next week. There yeah. he is, Rob Reichel. A great article up on all post-free agency. Gave all the grades and recaps of all the uh, Packer signings. I read it last night at Forbes.com. So plug uh, plug Robbie and his great work there. We put this uh, question up at uh, Zone Madison on Twitter to start the show. Uh, if you could only choose one today, what would you have rather watched? Because today, today's a big one on the sports calendar. Of, I mean, every day hurts. Every day without sports hurts. This one, a little more nut kick continuum-ish, Ebo, because you had opening day and the Sweet 16 both going on today. Uh, right now, 396 votes in, 72% of you saying March Madness to just 29% of you saying opening day. <sighs> opening day sounds so nice right now, though, dude. You could have the grill going, some brats on it. We're drinking a Miller Light in front of Miller Park. And by the way, it's 20 years of Miller Park today, I think. Yeah. I think it's 20 years. Man. This is... And this is and the, by the way, it's the last the year last of Miller year, Park. Yeah, I was just, yeah, last year Miller Park going to be what is it like a Amfam Field Field, which is fine, but still going to get drunk in that parking lot. But <laughs> I'm gonna still drink Miller Light. At hopefully, Amfam my Field. insurance premiums don't get up as they watch as Amfam employees watch me getting hammered in their parking lot. But I just have the grill going. Got to have charcoal, obviously charcoal grill. Of course, get the beer. You know the 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 brats that have been soaking in beer and the onions. Mm. I'll get some ground mustard, mm. drinking a brewski, mm. eating a brat, maybe some Lay's original chips to mm. go with it, maybe a slide of potato salad. Can I get some salad. onion dip or something? Or oh, some... there's some de- oh, get some ruffles with ridges and the uh, French onion dip. Mm. Mm. Oh, there's a match made in heaven. And a beer bong. Beer bong's for the ladies. <laughs> you know? Uh, we, were, we were robbed of this. That being said, you deal. You still said opening, or uh, Sweet 16 because of the yeah. urgency, right? Yeah, Sweet 16, yeah. Yeah, and you're, you're going to get an opening day every year no matter what. That's true. Who knows if you're going to get Badgers in Sweet 16. You never know. You never, never know. Uh, what about you? you? Uh, yeah, I'm an, I'm an old school guy. You know, I, I grew up when baseball was probably the most popular sport in this country. And, you know, when I was a kid, um, March Madness didn't have the sizzle that it now has. There wasn't, because here's the thing. When I was a kid, there wasn't this thing called an internet. So bracket challenges was few and far between. Maybe a few few people here and there had an office pool, but you know what is it now? You go to Yahoo, you go to CBS, you go to ESPN, you fill out your brackets. 
So, you know, the internet, I think, is the is the biggest reason why March Madness has become what it is, because the craze of brackets. So I'm old school. When I was a kid, the biggest day of the year in sports was opening day. Because yeah. baseball was the biggest sport by far and away as far as popularity. When I was a little kid, every little kid growing up wanted to play baseball when I when I was a kid. So the biggest sporting event of the year for me from the age of five to probably 15 was opening day because that's what everybody wanted to be was a baseball player, robbed including myself. It. Robbed of it, dude. Yeah. What about you, Nell? Nell, you said what? March Madness? That's what you go if you could only watch one today? Yeah, I actually did go with March Madness. I feel like the one game elimination, especially because it would be the Sweet 16, little bit more exciting than uh, opening day. There's just something about getting drunk in a parking lot and grilling food, though. Well, and then, I mean, is it, you know, we've done opening days where we wore T-shirts, and we were opening days where I had a space heater between your legs because you dressed like, you know, for a summer game, and it was like 17 degrees out. Thank you, Bill Michaels, for bailing us out that day. How are we looking? um, So, I mean, we... But you're right. I mean, and and what the point I was going to make is every one of those opening days were awesome, right? Every one was awesome. Sometimes it snowed on opening days. Sometimes the roof was open and we were wearing jeans and a t-shirt. One year sometimes you found we, a petrified turd on the uh, right. porta potty. And I said, "Is there anything more of a vile and contraption on this planet than a porta potty?" I would take a. I would take. I bet you that poop had, that poop log had sat there for six months. How about this? If you had to do the show with me in a porta potty next to a petrified turd, but you would have sports back, would you do it? There you go. I would do in it. In the porta potty? I would do it if they with would, the petrified turd. And they'd say sports would be back for Ow. one day if you guys did this in the porta potty, did the show, I would do mm. it in a heartbeat. Yeah. I would do it in a heartbeat. That is a love that is for love of the game right there, boys and girls. Yep. And on top of it, it smelled awful. I would like you could barely breathe. To have sports, I would do it. Yeah, man, that that I mean that that's a good scenario, Ebo. Um, but I probably would do that. Yeah, I mean, look, March Madness and opening day. I mean, you know, you had me play the the Brewer song earlier. When's the last time we played this song? Mm. <laughs> this remember, remember when I used to play this song every morning when we'd come in because they had won the previous night. Remember when the Bucks won like twenty in a row? And remember the Bucks were going to win the NBA Finals? Yeah. And then Rudy Gobert had to go and lick and touch everyone's, all the reporters' mics when he had the COVID. Hi, Milwaukee. I'm Yanis Adetokumbo. Can you say my name? I mean. Did you see that they did a um, a straw poll with a bunch of NBA writers? Yeah, they pulled 70 of, 70 of them, and 60 of them voted for Giannis to That's win the awesome. NBA, and the other 10 voted for LeBron. That's awesome. Good for uh if there is, I would question if there's going to be an NBA season or what it looks like, and if they'll give out awards. But that that makes me feel a lot better, Ebo. That when, hopefully not if, but when the day comes of NBA, that the Bucks will be the one seed and that Giannis will be the uh, MVP. You know what happened today? Brewers versus Cubs opening day. Yeah. And I said it at six o'clock. I'm going to repeat it now. A couple hours later. The MLB would have to bring back the mercy rule because the the Brewers would just be annihilating the Chicago Cubs. It'd be like twenty to nothing in the second inning. I love it. And Rob Manfred would be running out because we know the Cubs fan base would be bawling their eyes out. They'd be crying. Remember when they canceled the game of because it was too cloudy? They said it was a rainout, but it was like they sold <laughs> they out. They were a playing suntan. high school baseball games the same day. They sold out a suntan lotion. But the Cubs had to cancel against the Brewers because they were scared of the Brewers. We so scared. Can you cancel it for us? <laughs> so they canceled it because they're a bunch of losers. The Cubs would be crying. The family's just crying, crying, baby, cry. Because the cry, baby. Because the Brewers would be up twenty to nothing in the second <laughs> inning, and then they'd be crying to Manford to bring back the mercy rule on him. We we don't want to be embarrassed on opening day. All right, so that's your scenario. I want to do this exercise here. Uh, 608-321-1670. We're going to simulate what opening day would have been for the Brewers. Ebo says they institute the mercy rule. Nelson, what would have been your dream scenario for opening day today, Cubs versus Brewers? Well, we uh, finish this show, you know, maybe get some uh, log duns in the podcast and you get out of here about at noon, get home, get the feet up and uh, watch the game in peace. And what would have been the dream scenario? Would it have been a, a clubbing of the Cubs? Would it have been a walk-off? Would it have been there's no Cub fans at Miller Park? Like, what would have been your dream scenario for the game today? 
tight game till the seventh inning, and then the Cubs bullpen just brutally blows it, so everyone <laughs> in Chicago can just have a meltdown. That'd be pretty good. Well, I kind of have one along those same same lines. Imagine this, Ebo. Um, all right, should I close it's, my eyes? Close your eyes, Nelson. Okay. Close your eyes. It's the bottom of the ninth inning. Mm. The score is tied at four, and this man steps to the plate. At four, now it's Braun who swings and launches. That's his way back. Yeah, that's one Ryan Joseph Braun hitting a walk-off home run. Man. Thank you, Fox Sports Wisconsin. I have chills. The hair is standing up on my arms now. I have chills. What do you think, Nelson? Ryan Braun walk-off home run on opening day. So you're thinking a lefty was starting for the Cubs? No, this is in the bottom of the ninth. It's a walk-off home run. Oh, so he's pinch hitting? Maybe. Nelson, just freaking play along with the good vibes, <laughs> even if it is Ryan Braun. By the way, did you guys respond yesterday on that Zone Madison uh, Twitter poll, your favorite uh, brewer of all time? Ooh, um, I would have to go for me. I was a big, huge, gigantic fan of the big sexy Sexton. Richie Sexton. Who didn't love him? I mean, it was also Ben Sheets. It was non Robin Yount, uh, non Robin Yount, name your favorite brewer of all time. Uh, you said Ben Sheets and Richie Sexton. Or the Sexton. big sexy. Nelson, who did you uh, opine in that uh, open ended Twitter question yesterday at Zone Madison? If you would have asked me in 2011, I'd have a different answer. It would have been Ryan Braun in a heartbeat. But since then, man, this is tough. It's It comes down to three guys. Jeff Jenkins, Ooh. which, dude, looking back. Jeff Jenkins is a stud. Jeff Jenkins really not the greatest baseball player. Doesn't matter. But the Brewers were so bad when he was good. He was a beast. Um, Scott Pesednik wasn't there for very long, but I love me some Scotty Poe. And I was a huge Scooter Jeanette fan. Nelson loves Scooter Jeanette. No heart Nelson on Twitch just chimes in and said, Uneski Betancourt. Gross. You. Gross. <laughs> How about you, Miller? Uh, to me, um, well, I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, first off, uh, the bronze medalist would be one of the great uh, sluggers of the late 80s and early 90s, Joey Meyer. Uh, he would either hit a home run or strikeout, had a massive beer gut, uh, big, always scruffy beard, disheveled mustache. So Joey Meyer will get my bronze medal for favorite brewer. The silver medal, because this was right when I started playing uh, fantasy sports, and uh, this was kind of at the peak, uh, the, the dawn of it, and I got him because he was a brewer, and then he won Rookie of the Year, and I always was a fan of Pat Listash for winning the 1992, and a great mustache, and his name was Listash, just flew together. But of course, the gold medal of greatest non-Robin Yount brewer, hell, that would even include Robin Yount, would be, of course, the Bronchise, a.k.a. Ryan Bro- Joseph. I would call him Brosoph. Bro. Yeah, I mean, you guys he share the, his middle name, Joseph, yeah. your first name, Joseph. And he's my you best friend. Our Brosifs. Uh, Reese Draft says Brady Clark. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good. That is a good pull. How about how underrated were Corey Hart and Lyle Overbay? Dude, Lyle Overbay. Corey Lyle Hart. Overbay Corey Hart with the soul patch. That's vintage, dude. That is classic. <laughs> Lyle Overbay, so just a doubles machine. I mean, I've, I honestly, I would say Craig Council too when he was playing. Who the the, the stance, the batting stance for Craig Council? Right. What was higher, Nelson? His elbow or his front leg in his batting stance? Man. Too bad I don't even know how you can. I can't barely stand up doing. How this. do you like hit a ball doing that? That is, I mean, the fact that that guy played in the major leagues and played really well, World Series MVP. I, I would like fall over. What's higher up? I mean, I know the elbow is higher up, but retro, like retroactively for your body type. I mean, in all, was the elbow higher up or was his front knee higher? Would have been his elbow, but in all fairness, Craig Council not the same player with the Brewers that he was earlier in his career. Well, yes. Do you guys have any obscure brewers that you like loved? Brady Clark was a good pull. Brady Clark, but that's a good pull from Reese. Not too obscure, but I, I mean, because I'm I'm probably the only guy. Did you ever go to a game at County? Yeah, Evo? when I was like, yeah when I was a little. I kid, assume yeah. Nelson, you weren't even were you even born. No, like literally the first my first season I remember following the Brewers was the season they opened Miller Park. 
See, because I, my cousin, uh, my uncle, my cousin had season tickets. They live in Brookfield, so I, I would spend like a week every summer. And then we go to Brewer games. He just dropped me and my cousin off, and they were terrible, of course, in the early or in the mid to late '80s when I would go. And you'd have this thing in right field of County Stadium with a big sheet, and it said Vaughn's Valley. Oh, dude, Greg Vaughn. Greg Vaughn. Love me some Vaughn's Valley. Vaughn. Greg Vaughn, sick. So I would put Greg Vaughn on uh, Greg Vaughn. On my Mount Rushmore Brewers as well. How's I was like trying to think. Bill Hall was a big fan of. I was a big fan of Bill Hall. I mean, you got to go old school. I mean, I mean Ben Ogilvie and Cecil Cooper are all time. What about Bill Hall when he played center field? You catch Bill Hall on Mother's Day. There's at least two dingers going out of the park. (laughs)